It's time now for another penetrating look at why people kill each other, why governments tumble, why countries go to war. You think it starts with oil or nuclear threats or assassinations? No siree. It all starts with the small-time, street-level, workaday power struggles that we call city life. As before, keep in mind that these entries were composed several years ago when I was working as a parking valet. Also, I quit smoking in 2012. February 20. At the end of every L train in Chicago is a two-seat alcove where one can sit without being stepped on. This spot appeals to homeless people who use it typically to catch up on their sleep and other bodily functions. I am in one of those spots now on my way to work, savoring the smell of weak old urine. Mmm, good times. May 20. After years of living in big cities, riding public transportation every day, working in crowded bars and restaurants, I can accurately report that one in six people talk ten times louder than necessary. What? I can't hear you. April 18. Last summer I moved to Chicago's quiet Andersonville neighborhood in part to escape the wildlife of the Gold Coast. A rich neighborhood where vomit and urine flow freely outside the many popular pubs and where sirens never cease 24 hours a day. I now live in an historic building that used to house the production staff of a silent movie studio across the street. Currently host to a small liberal arts college, the words SNA Studios and two Native American figureheads remain carved in stone above the front doors. The other night, I stepped outside the kitchen door of my second floor unit to enjoy a smoke and to listen to the birds. The kind of roomy, wooden, walk-up balcony one often sees behind vintage Chicago apartments joins all the back doors of my building with those of its twin. Faintly at first, I heard the approaching sounds of a species not common to these parts. Douchebagus corporatus. As it got closer, I could tell from its loud, slurring vocalizations that it had imbibed too much barley nectar and, through a cell phone, was engaged in some sort of turf negotiation. I surmised that the poor creature had strayed from its native habitat and, thus, had no clue where a public toilet might be, because it soon stepped into our courtyard below and pissed on the wall. A large puddle circled behind the noisy beast as it relieved itself. What grace! What fluidity! (laughs) Pardon the pun. Despite intoxication, in managing a phone in one paw and its penis in the other, an unusually tiny one, I might add. When done, the beast staggered out and down the sidewalk, its obnoxious roar fading beneath my soft, smoky exhalations and the native bird song. March 3. During one of my recent late-night train rides from work, I happened to sit in front of an elderly woman who was thoroughly enjoying her gum. She was hunched forward so that her mouth was right behind my head. I turned to look at her. It wasn't exactly a dirty look. It was more of an inquisitive glance. Well, that was a mistake. That's when she really turned it on. I looked again. Her face was distorted with exaggerated chewing. This went on for the next 20 minutes until I exited the train at my stop. All I can say is, I hope she had a good time. I mean it. 
I would hate to think she went to all that effort only to feel guilt over hostile gum chewing or disappointment that I didn't smack her. May 8. Girl sitting on the train. Guy standing, rubbing his bulge on her shoulder. Somehow, on this beautiful Mother's Day, that seems so romantic. Right, ladies? All I can say is, that girl may become a mother someday. But unless that guy improves his aim, he won't be the father. March 6. Underneath Chicago's Red Line Argyle stop, there is an invisible segregationist who continuously bellows to the flow of people exiting the station. White people and Asians to the right, black people and Hispanics to the left. February 27. Of the many buskers that share their wares on Chicago's sidewalks and subway platforms, very few would even qualify for the comedy outtakes on American Idol. One especially tires of hearing the desecration of sacred Motown memorabilia. My Girl, Under the Boardwalk, and Stand By Me are apparently the only songs that many of these performers can deliver from memory. Nevertheless, every now and then, one happens upon extraordinary talent, as I did tonight on my way to work. When the doors of the Red Line train opened at the Lake Street stop, some of the most awesome, jubilant live music that I've heard in a long time greeted the passengers. A man, accompanied by a rhythm track on a boombox, was playing an upbeat swing tune on a clarinet. It sounded like a Woody Herman song, and I love Woody Herman. It seems to me that Woody Herman had the soul of a black man, just by the way he played. But anyway, this guy and me, our eyes locked through the window. He saw my head bopping and smiling, and then he turned and began playing directly to me. It was one of those rare, simpatico moments between performer and audience member that I, as a fellow performer, know to be better than sex. What? You've not been doing it right. And then the doors closed and the train sped off. And that's all the time we have this week for City Life.